It's Monday. It's May 23rd. And the word of the day is synecdoche, which is a figure of speech in which a part represents the whole or vice versa. Used in a sentence, America should probably confirm a new justice and get a fully functional Supreme Court again. And by America, I mean the senators whose fucking job it is to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think the other two branches were just getting jealous of them for functioning. <laughs> anyway, I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 38, people who get punched in the head for a living turn out not to be on top of social progress. Tom Cotton will grow a beard so that they'll stop carding him on the way into R-rated movies. And Tom Cotton still gets carded on the way into (laughs) R-rated movies. All that and more coming up in the headlines. Quick reminder before we start, in case anyone missed the announcement from last episode, the Skeptocrat is going to be on hiatus for June and part of July in order to make it possible to make it up to Reason Rally and also relocate the HQ slightly closer to civilization. But we will be back soon, if for no other reason than to discuss what I'm assuming will be some Thunderdome convention stuff. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Very exciting. All right, let's get going. Joining me for headlines tonight are two of my fellow skeptic rats. Of course, we have no illusions. Noah, pleasure to see you again. I reflected these photons just for you, sir. <laughs> and we also have leftist societal infantilizer Eli Bosnick. Eli, welcome back. I think feelings are people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last time we did the headlines, you guys warmed us up with your thoughts on Arthur Schopenhauer and his glaring misapplication of Kantian phenomenology, Mm -hmm. and also how he looks like Ken Ham chose poorly, Mm -hmm. which was fun. So uh, what about Nietzsche this week? Any thoughts on uh, Friedrich Nietzsche? Um, That him and his sister are like the Ross and Rachel of late 19th century philosophy. They just (laughs) can't get together. He looked like a mixologist before it was cool. (laughs) Is it it cool? Now, in our lead story tonight, Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon politely reminded her state legislature that they had not seceded from the union and formed their own sovereign theocracy on Friday when she vetoed a bill that sought to make performing an abortion a felony. She pointed to the fact that there's no fucking way the bill would have withstood a legal challenge and may or may not have concluded her remarks with, quote, I shouldn't have to say, are you fucking kidding me this often, guys? End quote. I feel like states need to start having an orientation like, hey, guys, welcome to state Senate. Make sure you check your packet, especially the part about not making up your own laws to break national ones. Okay, I see a lot of hands. Let's go through this again. We are not making a fine. Yeah. Basically, they wanted abortion doctors to be asking questions like, uh, are you going to die tomorrow if we don't remove this fetus? Or, or would it be reasonable to say you might make it until Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And if she hesitates, it's, it's clearly Tuesday. <laughs> right. So to Fallon's credit, too, she didn't wait for major companies in the state to start relocating and canceling their conventions before issuing this veto. Her announcement came within 24 hours of the bill passing, a full six days before the deadline for her decision. In addition to the state legislatures aren't remotely allowed to do that complaint, she also pointed out that the vague wording of the bill's exemption for medically necessary abortions may made it impossible for doctors to figure out if and when they would be in violation of this law, which is it's kind of like deciding not to fix your problem with Harry Potter spells because they're not real Latin. But whatever, (laughs) as long as the outcome is the same. Yeah, but just to be clear, though, 
Mary Fallon definitely believes that a puddle of semen is a baby, depending on its location. Oh, yeah. And wants that to be written in a law somewhere. Absolutely. The veto just means she wants the parts about eminent domain of fucking uterus puddles to be trickier <laughs> and better hidden within the next draft. Yeah. Guys, I'm on your side. I, too, want to rename our state Back Alley Abortion Now, but, you know, I want to use the official stamp. Yeah, the exactly. The, the exactly. The I want to make sure it's and everything. Yeah. Now, abortion right groups applauded the veto, but warned that it didn't remotely make up for all the fucked up stuff Oklahoma has and still does do to stand between women and their reproductive rights. Onerous legal restrictions have left all of two abortion clinics operating in the 70,000 square mile state. Uh, for perspective, that means Oklahoma has less abortion clinics than it does Water parks, art museums, and wildlife refuges. <laughs> the same number I have of testicles. And it's still considered to be the fifth worst state to live in if you lack a penis. In addition, broad support for the bill may still lead to an override of the governor's veto. All that being said, I'll likely never have a chance to conjoin these words non-sarcastically again, so I'm going to take the opportunity while it's there. Good job, Oklahoma. <laughs> Gold star. <laughs> and in that's not how I like to think about water news tonight, Republican senator and full-grown man who looks like there will someday be a movie about how a kid snuck into Senate, Tom Cotton, <laughs> had some choice words to say about the recent zeitgeist of anti-mass incarceration sweeping the nation. Namely, nuh-uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> He also added, I'm a 10-year-old cartoon buzzard, and I demand to be taken seriously. <laughs> Did this vlog get vetoed by someone holding the top of his head as he swung his fist desperately? (laughs) Cotton, who looks like Zoltar just changed him back into a kid after fucking Elizabeth Perkins, explained that, quote, if anything, we have an under-incarceration problem, end quote, Hmm. citing 1980s and 1990s crime statistics and condemning voter restoration acts and ban-the-box policies as partisan tactics to drive up Democratic turnout. Because he's pretty sure that once you commit a felony, the best rehab is not to be able to find a job or vote. Right. Gives you more time to find those bootstraps you so desperately need. (laughs) I guess so. I feel like they should just make those in jails, you know, serial that when you leave <laughs> or you get a small loan from your parents and you buy a bootstrap <laughs> so, so we, these people won't listen though so i guess we have to jail them for their own good and uh it's not just the u.s that's doing that literally several countries yeah. do that well, true. right true. and fuck yeah tom cotton i mean a lot of people don't know this but the indian ocean archipelago of seychelles snuck ahead of us on the incarceration rates list <laughs> knocking us about. all the way down to number two <laughs> what yeah i mean turkmenistan and rwanda are breathing down our necks there's not much left that we can say we're number one at guys don't take this away from me did they arrest a turtle is that what happened <laughs> yes. over at seychelles got it pretty close here's my favorite part to justify these only slightly less realistic than new year's weight loss goals he said the claim that too many criminals are being jailed, that there is over-incarceration, ignores an unfortunate fact. For the vast majority of crimes, a perpetrator is never identified or arrested, let alone prosecuted, convicted, and jailed. So, uh, yeah. But- <laughs> what? The reason we're not jailing enough people is because we haven't solved all the crimes. (laughs) I look forward to Cotton's proposal next week that everyone in the world get a colonoscopy because we haven't cured all the bowel. (laughs) Yeah, clearly this isn't working, so let's do it harder. The Eli Bosnick. (laughs) Well, Tom Cotton's clearly an idiot because the answer's staring him in the face. If we're only solving and prosecuting about half the crimes, then all we need to do is... Double all the sentences and we're even, right? <laughs> Perfect amount of incarceration, obviously. There you go. 
idiot. And in neo-Nazi memorabilia news, Donald Trump's favorite Mexican, George Zimmerman, took some time away from vigilante Skittle enforcement so he could sell the gun he used to kill Trayvon Martin for $250,000. Oh, fuck. If George Zimmerman had a chance card in Monopoly, it would say, you were found not guilty of murdering that kid you killed. Do not go to jail. Also, feel free to pass go like 1,250 times and collect a quarter million dollars. People of Florida, thank you for your service. Yeah, George Zimmerman at this point has become our crazy and terrible generation's version of OJ. Like, guy who did a thing gets away with it and acts more and more terrible over time to prove he did it. Like, Right, right. But, of course, Zimmerman killed a black person. So, in this case, we didn't even have to pretend he didn't do it to not punish him. It's a kind of a different... But it's, it's similar, though. I get the analogy. <laughs> so uh, this wasn't the first attempt by Horatio Sands as a baby to sell his famous hate-justified homicide weapon. Apparently, it took a few tries. And uh, there was a pretty big price drop during that span. His original online auction listing went up a couple weeks ago and actually seemed like it was going quite nicely for a minute there. Bidding got up to around $65 million. But turned out that... Weed Lord Boner Hitler and Racist McShootface both backed out of their bids at the last second. So that was too bad. Oh, damn. Those are real names that people bid under. Real <laughs> names. Oh, of course. And you know that when George saw those bids, he looked at the name Racist McShootface and started wishing he hadn't already named his kids. God, I didn't even think of that. God, honey. <laughs> yeah. Zuberman also uh, started running into some trouble with auction websites that decided they – frowned upon the whole profiting from killing human beings thing. Right. I mean, unless it's Nazi gold. Am I right? <laughs> Looking at you, Sotheby's. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'm sure that Venezuelan pig farmer found that paint. <laughs> he was just laying around in the, in the barn. Yeah. yeah. Did you paint this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't frowning enough for them to stop selling guns on their sites, but enough to refuse that well, one yeah. gun, I guess. Right. So... Small amounts of basic human decency was another hurdle, a small one, but yeah. Mm. Um, he finally did manage to find a buyer last week, though, who probably shouldn't be allowed to own firearms given the psychological test this person just failed called, let's see if any lunatics want to buy George Zimmerman's gun. Right. right. Yeah. Shouldn't yes. this have just been like, ooh, sorry, yeah, you, you do have to give us the money and you don't get the gun, but you get this hat. That says, I'm the guy that tried to buy the child murder gun. <laughs> right. Women and men around you an opportunity not to interact. Uh, yeah. So that was a fun lesson on how America works. We learned that the best way to radically increase the auction value of a deadly firearm is to drum up some attention by using it to kill an unarmed child before you post it on coldeadhandguns.com or where <laughs> right. the fuck auctioned it for him. And also, it helps if you look like Mr. Potato Head made himself a Wii avatar. <laughs> yeah. Well, points. it might. It might. Correlation does not necessarily equal causation. And in eight isn't enough news tonight, the SCOTUS again reminded us that eight justices does not a Supreme Court make when they concluded a contentious argument over the Obamacare contraception mandate by finding punt. Dude, he just died. What? Merrick Garland oh, died? Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> Merrick Garland? This was the case where, uh, of course, that. where a group of nuns insisted that saying they didn't want to pay for condoms was the same as paying for condoms. And the courts had to take this seriously or admit that religious protections are unsustainable, unlimited, and stupid. So after failing in repeated attempts to make religious people see reason, imagine that, the shorthanded court elected to essentially pretend they never agreed to hear this case and allow the law to remain ambiguous and unenforceable. You know, just like the founding fathers intended. 
The Supreme Court is basically treating the law the way you treat someone who asks you, what are we after you fucked three times? Just like, oh, <laughs> it's breakfast? So, yeah, I was thinking, I mean, if, if only there was a way to guarantee that the Supreme Court cases never ended in nothing. If like, only. Yeah. I was thinking, what if we added two justices? Oh, wait, wait, never mind. They could tie 5-5 five, five at that point. So, yeah, no, I've got nothing. <laughs> Unsolvable Withdraw. problem. Now, in an effort to forestall the national cries of, for fuck's sake, give Garland a hearing, presumptive Republican nominee... And do- future president. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. It's going to happen. <laughs> Donald Voldemort released his short list of potential justices here, hoping that seeing all these juicy anti-abortionists would galvanize his supporters' willingness to sacrifice the only branch of the federal government that was still operating for another seven months so the list of potential nominees included 11 names but three of them have vaginas so it's it's trump i think we've got an effective list of eight so eight right yeah (laughs) i would give every penny i have to get my hands on the first draft of that list just like three interns no donald we can't say judge judy (laughs) because donald we've been over this she's not a you know what i need lunch i need lunch write it down yeah, and uh no word on Hillary's list yet, by the way. And um I think that's because she's not the fucking president. Yeah, you don't that might be why she do doesn't this. have a list. Um, right. Although the GOP seems to be ignoring the fact that if Hillary does become president, which is likely according to polling, her nominations are going to sound a lot more like Sonia Sotomayor and a lot less like Merrick Garland. Right. Like zero <laughs> chance at another white guy. Merrick Garland is a fucking gift. Take it idiots right so i've been reading online that like there's a rumor she'll nominate obama and i hope so bad it's true because (laughs) republicans would suck merrick garland out of a hobo's dick if she does but it would be too late i just oh we take it back you can have two merrick garlands and we'll stop stopping the government (laughs) it's like the whitest name in the universe too like come on guys it couldn't be more obvious here now we should probably point out that the idea of putting out a list of your supreme court picks before you even have the nomination is unprecedented in fact doing so at any point is unprecedented and it's clearly a desperate effort to win over skeptical conservatives that still remember when trump was pro-choice and pro-universal health care i.e the day before he Uh, announced his candidacy yeah exactly (laughs) and because trump doesn't do nuance he skipped over the usual rule of law and balls and strikes platitudes and just blurted out and they're all anti-abortion with all the tact and subtlety of kool-aid man at a funeral the ph strip check it out (laughs) so with that in mind and your permission i'd like to announce my supreme court picks Feel free to join in. I got a, I got a few. Okay. Uh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Harry Anderson. Uh, Count Chocula. Judge Fudge. Uh, a bag of crispy M&Ms. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, Anton Scalia. <laughs> now, Nailed now. it. Eli Bosnick. <laughs> and with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live at Trump's campaign headquarters. Lucinda, how are things looking there? Terrifyingly lively, Heath. Huh, okay. Um has the campaign indicated what criteria they'll use to whittle down that list of possible nominees? Absolutely. In fact, Thomas Hardiman of Pennsylvania was already removed from the list this morning. Oh really? Um what disqualified him? Of all the potential nominees, Heath, he took the longest to bring Donald a pastrami sandwich. He, wait, he what? Yeah. Did- so he's fired. 
Sandwich? However, he will have a chance to earn a spot back if he can correctly answer the most Donald Trump trivia questions once there are only three candidates remaining. <laughs> I see. There's also a lot of speculation that Diane Sykes won't make it through to the next round, which will be decided by a combination of mud wrestling skills and the ability to make a snazzy campaign for Trump brand sweet tea. So <laughs> you're saying he's going to fill the SCOTUS vacancy with reality show tactics. It's That's worked, what's happening. Yeah, it's worked for his campaign so far, Heath. <laughs> Guess I can't argue with that. In fact, as I understand it, he'll be filling out his entire cabinet with a similar strategy. All of his potential secretaries of state are currently fighting for limited resources on a tropical island, and the Secretary of the Interior will be determined through a single elimination fashion show. Um, any update on his potential VP? Well, Chris Christie makes a mean carbonara, but it's all going to come down to the secret ingredient, Heath. Okay. Um, anything about his Secretary of Defense? We'll know more after the tango round. <sighs> okay. Uh, I guess I'm not surprised that Donald Trump would think this might be a good way to find appointees, but I find it hard to believe the GOP isn't pushing back a little bit harder against this. It's I asked around. I asked around, Heath, and it turns out that they're strongly supporting any methodology that reduces the extent to which Donald actually gets to choose people directly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, sorry, Heath, I got to go. If I'm going to have any chance at running the VA, I'm going to need to brush up on my acapella skills. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Thai son-of-a-bitch news tonight... Boxer and Boss Rutan, if he was exposed to the Time Vortex impersonator Tyson Fury, <laughs> recently let go the full scope of his opinions on Jews, homosexuality, and trans rights last week in an interview about his upcoming bout. Yeah, you know, you'd expected the love child of Jason Statham and Ricky Gervais to be a little more open-minded about this kind of shit, too. Wouldn't you, though? Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a lumberjack, but he's clearly not okay. Uh, right. <laughs> he's thinking about a hate crime right now, no matter when you look at him. Fondly. <laughs> thinking about While he's it. asleep. <laughs> he's kicking. <laughs> the video, which provides further proof that perhaps asking the political opinions of people who get punched in the face for a living is a bad idea, was allegedly filmed by his trainer. However, Fury decided to go for less, here's how I'm going to punch punch good, and more Facebook friend from your hometown who would like to comment on your status. <laughs> Saying among other fantastic insights, quote, I think it'll be perfectly normal in the next 10 years to have sexual relationships with your animals at home. <laughs> you know, your pets, your cats and dogs and all that. So that will be legal. You uh. are already allowed to marry your animals and stuff. End quote. <laughs> no, Tyson. No, that's not true. Tyson, do you think that's true? <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. Two words. Motivated reasoning. Yeah, this is why we need Eli at these press conferences. Right. Tyson, you said it's legal to marry and fuck animals, and uh, it's not. And then you were accused of clearly wanting to fuck your pets by me just now. Would you like to respond to any of that? No? Aren't the Jews involved somehow? And that's where he jumps back in. Shave and haircut. Pogrom. <laughs> is that what you were going said, for? Yeah. He later said, and I quote, 
Everyone just do what you can. Listen to the government. Follow everybody like sheep. Be brainwashed by all the Zionist Jewish people who own all the banks, oh, there all the is. papers, <laughs> all the TV stations. Be brainwashed by them all, end quote. And on behalf of genetically Jewish people everywhere, I'd like to say this is really offensive. I mean, sure, you don't like it that we control the banks, but do you complain when we give you Breaking Bad? No. <laughs> now all of a sudden the Jewish media conspiracy is just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who gave you an extra season of Game of Thrones? We did. <laughs> we did. Put a reptile inside George R. R. Martin and everything. It's fine. I don't want to go into it here. And in Never Forget a Lawsuit news tonight. The U.S. Senate unanimously approved a new bill last week that would make it possible for victims of the 9-11 attacks and their families to pursue legal action against the country of Saudi Arabia. And more generally, the victims of any attack could sue any federal government that may have aided in carrying out terrorism against the United States, which sounds nice, but, you know, also kind of meaningless considering a guilty verdict in a New York court doesn't really affect the royal family of Saudi Arabia very much. But um, regardless, it is about time somebody sued Hillary Clinton for helping murder those U.S. Marines in Benghazi. So there's something to it. Yeah, and, and in related news, uh, you can also now sue fictional characters when they ruin your childhood in Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> and Bruce Wayne is fucking loaded. So that's he good is. news for all of us. Exactly. This is basically like them wanting the Supreme Court to rule on fights with your girlfriend. Like, <laughs> the court finds you should have listened to Jackie instead of trying to fix the problem. Sometimes you just listen. Pam. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the unanimous vote in the Senate, it seems to be showing us a genuine bipartisan agreement about this. Or maybe it's just that all those people need to get reelected at some point and voting against letting 9-11 victims do pretty much whatever the fuck they want would be political suicide. Right. One or the other. Mm -hmm. Now, President Obama, on the other hand, can say whatever the fuck he wants at this point, and he does. So he's threatening to veto the bill. Uh, probably because suing entire countries could put Americans at risk when they're abroad. And there's some of them abroad right now. But I have a funny feeling he also considered that a decent case against the U.S. government could be made by lots of people whose dad got shot in the face by one of those helicopters from Brookstone. Yeah, right, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, this could be like that time Jesus' dad had the two-for-one deal on nails at the carpentry shop. You just never know how this shit's going to bite you <laughs> on the ass. I feel like Obama just didn't want to have to serve someone at a foreign policy meeting. Like, hi, Saudi Arabia? No, I'm not a UPS guy. <laughs> I'm Obama. You've been served. We expect your entire country to appear on the 4th. Right. So, uh, yeah, in response to the news, Saudi Arabia kind of chuckled for a second because that's ridiculous. But then after realizing we might actually go through with this and break the longstanding principle of sovereign immunity in international law, they also threatened to sell off about $750 billion worth of U.S. securities for spite. So um, it's not clear how the bill's going to play out. But regardless, I'm hoping our counter response to the Saudis will be something along the lines of, you know, Fuck you guys. We could turn you into South Israel tomorrow if we feel like it. <laughs> Not saying we should actually do that, but, you know, maybe throw out the reminder. It doesn't hurt for them so often. to be reminded. And in thumbs up my ass news tonight, Fox News is furious over Facebook's alleged foray into their slanted as fuck news turf. The situation reached hypocritical mass when news emerged last week that Facebook's trending topics might be suppressing conservative issues. And when I say news emerged, I mean a disgruntled employee made an unevidenced allegation anonymously. 
So Sounds like Fox News. Yeah, it's news in the way that <laughs> Megyn Kelly's burning desire to fuck Eli with a strap on is news now that I said it. Wait, so what What did you hear? Like, be cool. You on Facebook. No, she deleted, she deleted the tweet, but she totally said it. Um, now, of course, complete lack of verifiable sources has never slowed Fox News down before, and it's not about to now. Fox News, the anti-social medium. Yeah, right. And apparently their argument is you can't use the internet as data. That doesn't. They must feel so betrayed after they mentioned Facebook so many times during the debate. (laughs) (laughs) We have a man in a trucker hat who would like to shout the N word at the screen. We're going to go ahead and and do that. Kasich, would you like to respond? So Facebook CEO and guy Jesse Eisenberg felt the need to ugly himself up to play. Mark Zuckerberg responded to these allegations through a closed door meeting with a number of influential conservatives, including Republican Senator John Thune, MSNBC's token conservative Essie Cup and Insanity's very own Glenn Beck. They expressed skepticism and said they honestly didn't intend to be at that meeting, but apparently they can just be added to groups without their permission. What a ridiculous pain in the ass that is. Zuckerberg just starts showing up at their house like, I followed you, Mark. Yeah, but one of your friends talked to me, so it's me again. I'm here. It's not how it works in the real world, dude. Yeah. Uh, I heard Tom from MySpace was also there. Oh, was and he? promised to make his site more conservative if people would be his friend again. <laughs> Most popular response was, uh, who the fuck are you? Followed by, I can't remember my goddamn email address from 2004. Just delete my fucking account. I don't want it. You're not my friend. Oh, shit. Now, it's worth noting that these allegations have led to a Senate investigation, which means American politicians are taking this shit as seriously as cheating in Major League Sports and being Hillary Clinton. Thune, who is president <laughs> of the meeting, is leading the charge against Facebook as he believes that the company that charges you to show your content to the people who asked for it might not be entirely transparent in their business model. So Weird. Further bulletins <laughs> as a Vince Warrant. They promised Facebook would be super unbiased. Right? <laughs> and finally tonight, in... America's okay if there's nothing else news. Budweiser, a Dutch-owned company, in a wave of patriotic glory, decided to change its name to America this mm-hmm. summer through the election cycle. Amazing. The promo- yes. The promotion that ends in November has inspired awe and ire from many as people reel from the fact that there's something now more insulting and gross about that beer than the taste. <laughs> right, because it may taste like piss. But it tastes like cisgendered piss, damn it. <laughs> and from the right bathroom, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's less about the words on the can and more about the words on the recipe. <laughs> Something to consider. Right. Also, uh, don't forget to hire a fourth frog or you're going to look like idiots. Just saying. Last one's like, Rika. That's just stupid. <laughs> Now, despite Dave from Advertising's assurance that nobody would ever make fun of this idea, it's drawn quite a bit of mockery, including tweets like the one from at MTN Mac, who said, quote, less flavor, value, and self-respect than other beers. Hashtag, this pandering is for you. (laughs) And comedian David Cross, who said, quote, sounds about right. Its presence is everywhere. It's tasteless. And if you consume enough, you end up fighting for more. (laughs) Well done, sir. All fair. And David Cross is the best. Oh, yeah. However, if this was all part of a marketing ploy to launch a drinking game talent show called Budweiser's Got Talent, I am (laughs) back on board. And I will win that fucking tournament. Uh, yo, watch this. I'm going to puke out of the back of my own head. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Someone goes up and tells a sad story about their daughter first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
with an opportunity like that, I'm not saying we have a clock or that we should put any particular amount of seconds on it. I know it's not the show, but if we had any ideas for the new campaign ads for America Beer, we could put them out now. All right. I'm saying there's 30, and I'm going to go with America. Foamyopathy at its finest. (laughs) America. Unhealthy, uncultured, and dripping with poor taste. Uh, America. The worst in a lot of ways, okay in some, the best in the ways we made up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. uh, What about America is like giving a rim job in a canoe. If you've tried it before, you're expecting it to be fucking close to water. (laughs) But it still tastes like ass no matter how much you clean the can. (laughs) And it's never worth those $5. (laughs) (laughs) Might be hard to get all of that on the can, but it'd be worth it. It'd be worth it, damn it. America. The more beers you drink... The less shitty it seems. America, unless you have no choice, choose something else. (laughs) America is like a rim job. Peyton Manning likes to get one with female athletic trainers, and they don't usually like the flavor. (laughs) And that's going to do it for episode 38. (laughs) Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Lucinda Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that, please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Stuart, Richard, Alan, Wilson, Nick, Tyler, Matthew, Robert, David, Chris, Terry, Ron, and John, whose genitals make this noise when they get naked. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist and God Awful Movies, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Tom Cotton's mother was happy to see him all shrunk back down to kid size. <laughs> <laughs>